We welcome back to the show, regular guest host, Mid-South historians, and just good all-round gentlemen. Phil Stigall and Token over here today. Phil, how you doing? Yeah, man, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's very good to have you as well. Phil, and crikey, what we're just talking about off air, this is beers at lunchtime there. I'm, I'm getting names mixed up and order mixed up. Terry, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I hope uh, by the time this airs, all of our friends and loved ones in the New Orleans areas, uh, that storm will have passed and, and just... Yeah, absolutely. So, sorry, Terry. That that was. This, I, I don't know if that will come out clear on the recording, but it kind of went a little bit robotic my end when you were saying a very nice, nice thing. So hopefully that can, comes out okay. But yeah, we echo those. Hopefully that's all dim and distant and um and you know passed by and with not too much of a issue for anybody. Um, we're jumping in our time machines today and going back to September the fourteenth, nineteen sixty-five. Here's a question, a, a, not an off-topic question for you. When do you consider? You call it fall, we call it autumn. I don't know why that we don't call it the same thing. Um, when do you consider that fall starts? Is there a particular date and you think, that's it, it's fall now? Well, well in, uh, in, in the summer, not, right? We, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Phil. No, I was going to say, don't, you know, I think it's the 21st of, um, um, what, Terry, help me out. When, when summer ends, you know, how spring starts on the, March 21st, generally. That's the official timeline, but in different parts of the country, it's very different. Terry will have uh, different weather than we do. Yes. So in different parts of the country, it starts at different times. Yeah. So what, do you have a thing in mind? Because I know your schools are back already. Is that right, Terry? Your schools are already in now? Yeah, we're, yes. we're, we're two weeks in. And wow. uh, as I was about to say, you know, some of the seasons, we really don't have a line of delineation. We go from summer to summer to winter. Uh, <laughs> That sounds marvellous. I, I wish we had some of that here because our schools don't go back. When do your schools break up then? I don't know if that's the term you use there, but when does your school year finish? The, the end of May. End of May. Okay, so it's very different there. Our schools don't, don't, don't finish until... Uh, is that the same across the country or is it different where it's hotter? Uh, I, I think it varies a little, but uh, Phil, Phil may be able to chime in. I, I remember back when I was in school, we wouldn't start until after Labor Day, which is right. kind of... Be- September, right. but now it, it's changed over the years. There are some states that uh, will go year round to a few will go on two months off a week on a couple months. That's rare. There's like the state of Washington mm. uh, up in that area. They So most of them are just now starting. Um, it, it, it seems like summer has gotten shorter and they start school sooner. But then I think they throw in more days off during the school year. But yeah, right. it used to be after September for, for and for the facilities that didn't have air conditioning. That was a much better deal. Yeah, yeah. To start later in the year. What what's your what's the school summer holiday in, in terms of weeks? For for us, we let's see, it's uh, what that would be about ten weeks, maybe. Okay, uh, so that's not bad, is it? 12 all weeks? June, all July. Well, what? That's in, why do I not grow up in America? That sounds unbelievable. We used to get six weeks off in the summer and we had to go to school until July as well. We broke. We usually break up on like the 21st of July. And but then don't we'd you be, graduate we, much sooner? What's the, ad, what's the average age of graduating? Well, so this, it's a bit different now because when I was 16, you could, you could leave school and just go and get a job. But now pretty much everyone does something until they're either 17 or 18. 
Um, okay. And then at 18 on. So the 17 and 18, a lot of schools have that as part of the school, but it's a different, that's a, di- your, your high, high school was 16, really. That your initial qualification at high school is 16. And 18 is that the first bit of higher education. And then 18 to 21 is our college university, basically, your degree, which can be three, four years or more if you're doing medicine or something like that. Quacky, that is quite a tangent. And given our time uh, pressures, we're going to go straight, straight smash into uh, Mid-South here. So, um, but, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I, it's basically autumn here now on the 28th of August. The, it, the weather's turned, summer is over. So it's a it's 100 degrees memory. Fahrenheit here today. No, we're Really? I'm, yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah, I've, yeah I've, I'd, I'd be baking and turning very red in about 15 minutes if I was in that at the moment. So here we go. September the 14th, 1985, Mid-South Wrestling. A very unusual start in that Boyd Pierce was in the ring introducing the show. He said Wendell Cooley and Al Perez would be taking on superstar Bill Dundee and Dutch Mantel. Jake Roberts and the Fantastics would both be here. He then went on to say there had been a very controversial situation with the World Heavyweight Champion, Ric Flair. He threw to Bill Watts along with Jim Duggan, Dick Murdoch and Butch Reed. And Watts said that Flair had sent an ultimatum to Mid-South that the only person he will wrestle when he comes back to, to the area is the, is the North American champion. And Watts said that Flair is trying to cloud the issue by just saying he'll face the champion. He talked to Reed about the new situation, but before Reed could answer, Murdoch interrupted him and said that as champion, he should be asked the question first. Watts then sort of agreed and said that Dick was an international star. And Murdoch said he was the champion. He is the number one contender for the world title. And he said, sorry to Reed, but he just thinks he's the better wrestler. And he did that in a very kind of heelish way, I thought. Reed said that Flair was trying to cause dissension. But if he has to be the champion to take on Flair, then he will have to face Murdoch for the title. Reed and Murdoch then went head to head before Duggan interjected, saying that he wouldn't go to the back of the line. And he's here as well. And he should be considered. And Watts said this was clearly a controversial situation and Flair had achieved his goal. I really like this this different start to the show here with Boyd and Ring and the opening segment. Uh, Phil, what did you make of this this opening? Uh, Really enjoyed it. Uh, First of all, I've never seen Butch Reed look so short. Mm. Um, but also, we've talked about in the past, is different types of promos that Butch Reed can pull off. This is the kind that Stephen likes when I saw yes. this. This is, this is the Butch Reed personality that uh, seems it's, he's intense, but he's cool, calm, and collected. He's not the shouty, over-the-top vocal. Here's more intelligent this way. like this Butch Reed real well, as, as do you. Um, now, yeah, regarding Dick, if I can make a couple of comments about Dick Murdoch, because yes. this had come up on a, on a few episodes earlier, uh, people, uh, some one of your couple of your guests, maybe it's Dan, I'm not sure, asking about <laughs> what was the uh, uh, what was the uh, infatuation with Dick Murdoch? Why did people like Dick Murdoch? Why was such a big deal? It just seems to be like an average wrestler. At this time, of course, now before Dick Murdoch could gain some popularity being in a tag team with Dusty Rhodes. Yes, they were the outlaws. They were a very popular uh, heel tag team, um, um, you know, with, with Dusty Rhodes. So when you're tag team with Dusty Rhodes, you are top notch talent, right? Yeah. But also at this time, somebody like I could I could take, for example, Harley Race. At this time, it only held the world championship just just once or so. Any of these guys here are of that caliber. They're going after Ric Flair, but. If you were to describe a man like Murdoch, he's he looks like this, he's built like this, he wrestles like this. There's not a nickel's worth of difference between him and Harley Flair or Harley Race at this time. Yeah. I mean, so he was back then. This was as 
top-notch talent. So that was some of the infatuation with, with Murdoch. He'd been in the territory before, had a good run, and so that's why so many people are excited to see him come back. Yeah, I think I think the thing with um, with Murdoch is it's 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 diff. I think it's difficult to it's difficult to to see such to just see someone who is you've heard we've all heard about him. Obviously, I've heard about Dick Murdoch, but never really seen any of his career because just the, the where he was at the particular times. Um, and I think it's difficult when you haven't seen any of the build up to this. Then all right. of a sudden, this guy is like super average. You you're like you're looking for the missing puzzle piece it's, sure. it's very much an unfair um re- review if you like or critique of him um I, I think so perhaps what i need to do is go back and watch some some earlier dick murdoch and see you know what what this guy now, was I all think about he's one of terry's one of terry's favorites i believe i he, dick murdoch was not one of mine he's one of my most respected as far as mm. where he'd come from and what he'd done what did you what did you think of this um this opening, Terry, and, and the different way they did this? Because this, this is a bit of a departure from what we've seen previously. No, and go, going to Dick Murdoch first, he is one of my favorites, and and I, he was one of those guys. He 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 could wrestle, he could do it all. His matches were always had a little bit of violence in them. He was funny, uh, you know. And and I think for you, Stephen, I, I think as a, as a younger guy watching wrestling, I think what, what happens sometimes when you see a name and you you hear this wrestler being great. And you hadn't seen him wrestle yet. You probably think of somebody that has a body like Kurt Angle or Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels, and then you see this fat, overweight guy with no front teeth, and you're thinking, "What the heck?" You know. <laughs> so, so it is kind of hard. Uh, I'll say this: I think you guys know by now. I'm I'm horrible with dates. I'm horrible with dates. So I generally don't know what's coming. And I'm not going to give any spoilers away. I know Phil could probably give a spoiler away if he wanted to. But when I saw this interview, I almost jumped out of my skin because I know it's coming. Yeah. We are going to see, you know, maybe the best mid-style show in a couple of weeks that, that, that ever existed. And so, you know, we, as you watch this and, and, and as people listen to this podcast – you run into the podcast, watch the episode, and watch them in order leading up because because you got three superstars now talking about you know a possible chance to to wrestle for the for the NWA World Championship, and and this is just absolute gold to me. Yeah, so, I uh, think I'm 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 aware. I've I've had it hinted on Twitter, and I do I am aware of the, a very famous episode, but I won't I won't say anything more for people that are, are following on at the same time. Um, back from break. What said he had asked the fans who they would like to face Flair. And it was pretty divided uh, in their opinions. And then Watts then talked about the tasting title change a couple of weeks ago and said that Joel had prepared a video on Al Perez set to the song Winning by Santana that had got to the lofty heights of number 18 in the Billboard Hot 100 in 1981, which is a good year because not only did Santana get to number 18, but I was also born in that year. So this video, I'm just going to have to take a moment because I need to give this you know, full the full attention it deserves because it was that good. And this started with some in-ring stuff. And then we had Al driving a lovely car. He brutalized someone, the belly to belly, belly to belly. So I'm laughing already because I know what's coming. Belly to belly suplex. Back to the car. He's working out with some tight shots and those impressive muscles. There's some more in-ring stuff before Al was out for dinner at a fancy place with a lady. He got we got some more shots of in-ring stuff and seemingly not all in mid-south. There's a few shots, particularly one that was outdoors, didn't look like it was mid-south. Um, back at dinner, and our hero has ordered the best bottle of bubbly on the menu. He's kitted out in a bow tie and suit, and he's looking sharp. 
we get a shot of the waiter pouring the bubbly as the catchy tune repeats, I'm winning, I'm winning. We are also shown Al suplexing a dummy in a gym, which was just incredible. He's then swimming before some shots of him laying the smack down on opponents. There's a shot of the moon out of nowhere. Al is dancing with this lady. And that's that. This was incredible. This was absolutely <laughs> incredible. One of Joel's like absolute top notch. This was superb. Terry, what, over to you. What do you think of this video? Can, can we tag Jim Cornette and let him know that Kenny Omega was not the first one to wrestle a doll? <laughs> there you go, yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's That's classic. And, mm. But here's, here's, the, here's the thing that I got a kick out of, and they do address it later, is the dude just is one half of the tag team champs, and they're showing him in a solo promo. Yeah, yeah. Himself. You know, it's like, why why not, you know, maybe have them both. Maybe have a double date. Uh, maybe have two dolls to suplex. But uh, you know, the fact that there's one, it kind of kind of threw me up, but, but I'm with you. That's that's wrestling gold right there. That's 80s wrestling gold. It was. It really was. I, I guess the thing with that is they probably did this. But I mean, I've done some very minor video editing for like a jokey video for my friend's golf weekends. And I can take, and this is like on a Mac, it's, it's pretty easy. If you don't know what you're doing, you Google it on YouTube and you find out. And it's like, I'm talking about very like nothing effects. To imagine to do something like this in the 80s, this would have taken Joel about three weeks to do this. Oh, yeah. So, so I reckon this was done weeks and weeks, maybe even longer with, you know, cutting and, and the, the old transitions and the cutting of the film and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I reckon this was done when they're probably pushing out as a, as a single and before they, they made decision, the decision to go with the tag team. And Phil, what did you think of this video? Oh, absolutely. What you're making, All of that, what, what Terry said about, he made an excellent point. It's a tag team, but they're showing the one guy here, you know, uh, obviously pushing out. But, yeah, some of the video editing on that, there were uh, scenes where he showed uh, to the beat of the music through the same belly to belly to play three times in a row. Yeah. Incredibly difficult to do. Joe's yeah. obviously very talented. It's very difficult to do. The uh, <clears throat> the uh, outdoor shot there, that was uh, Texas Stadium, WCCW. That was probably, ah. one, of that, that was probably one of the David Von Eric. A memorial yes. matches. Uh, so that with that outdoor, I recognize that stadium. I've, I've been there. I've been to that show. Um, but yeah, of course, Joel threw in a couple of the customary close-ups on the sweaty muscles, which which he he tends to do in his videos. Uh, I guess the shot of the moon. You know, they're trying. To, he's he's going back and forth between Venus wrestler and this romantic debonair man. He he obviously knows wine very well because yes. he can he can properly assess if the waiter brought him the correct bottle of wine or not <laughs> he's got on the tuxedo they never really showed the lady's face in this no. so i was trying to you never saw who the lady was and then the shot of the moon i guess it's saying hey it's a bunch of romance going romance on factor is high here's the moon and now i think that dummy that might have been that i think uh they showed uh, dr death at one point working out at university of oklahoma did. yeah that might be the same dummy so that dummy's got quite the work out there so good yeah. video this is this is this is absolutely cracking. Um, Bill Dundee and Dutch Mantel versus our tag team champion heroes Al Perez and Wendell Cooley next. Dundee had some new long black tights, the sparkly silver belt. Um, Bill said that Joel would be putting together a video package on Wendell Cooley soon, and he's sure that many women at home were wishing they were the mystery lady on a date with Al Perez. Watts also speculated on what was likely to happen with Ted DiBiase um, when he returned, because apparently. Ted was terribly upset at what had happened with the tag team titles. 
probably shouldn't have gone and done a tour in New Japan and in all Japan, Ted, if that was uh, your primary concern. Uh, I bet he got stacks of money for that. That I, mean, I know those those tours in all Japan were particularly big money for the American wrestlers at the time. So Ted probably made more in about six or seven weeks than he did quite a lot of the rest of the year for, for those uh, for those tours at the time. In 5.17, Mantel hit Perez with Shoe Baby with the rest back turned. Dundee then tried to get hold of it, but Cooley took it. And when Dundee tried to come off the top rope, he got whipped really hard with it. Perez then got Mantel in a back roll-up for the win in just under six minutes. This was, again, really good. I love Perez and, and Wendell Cooley. They're vast becoming my favourite tag team of all time. Uh, what did you think of this, Terry, this uh, tag team title match? I, I like it. I like it. Uh... The, the, the one of the things that jumped out at me before the match is I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the movie Pulp Fiction. Um, well, Bill Dundee was dressed like the gimp from Pulp Fiction at the beginning, <laughs> like some kind of bondage or SNL outfit he had on. But uh, but yeah, I, I like the tag team. Uh, you know, we saw a little bit of them in the in the in the last episode with uh, with Dundee and Dutch and so it's a formidable opponent and uh so let's see if the let's see if the new champs can beat them and, and so good match good stuff yeah absolutely uh Phil what do you make of this yeah um of course when they let uh Cooley be the one to get in trouble so that he could give the hot tag to Al Perez so Al Perez could come in and get the strong offense going uh against both of them taking on both Dutch and and Dundee at the same time and it's always good you know uh to see the heels uh, weapon used against them, that's always that's always a good thing. So good match. Yeah, liked it. Yeah, and the, and the, and the shot with Shoe Baby was particularly brutal. I thought. And um, after the break, what's recap the barbarian turn from last week, and we got shown the footage once more. What said after that? He's seen some people pulverized in the ring, but the barbarian are humongous and monsters and machines. Uh, no excess weight and all muscle. Uh, Watts, this is Bill Watts. I think I mentioned that from the top. Said that uh, they asked Humperdinck. Well, I think I did mention actually. Watts said they asked Humperdinck before the show what that, that was all about. Humperdinck said they asked him to explain to the simple minds that were there, but no explanation was needed. He added that blood was thicker than water. And when he said that, I thought they're going to do a brother storyline here between the barbarian and humongous, but. Alas, it wasn't going down that route. Humperdinck said they were conceived in the same vein with an evil purpose in life. He accused Roberts of stifling the barbarian and he's going to give him everything he needs to be a champion. He's with him now and there's going to be trouble for everyone. I really like this. Um, Phil, what did you make of this promo? Shades of Kane and the Undertaker. Yeah. Brother, right? That's what I thought this right? was going here, yeah. Yeah, they kind of thought maybe they're going to take it that way uh, back then. But... Uh, yeah, we recapped this pretty good in, in the previous podcast. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was one of the highlights of the past few weeks for sure. Yeah, definitely. Terry, what do you think of this uh, Humperdinck promo here? And actually, what Humperdinck overall, how do you sort of rate him in the kind of range of Mid-South managers? You know, in, in when I've always rated managers, you know, over the years, Humperdinck is, is, is one that normally kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes but but he's good he, he he really is you know i think of jim Cornette and bobby heenan and, and skandar akbar and and jimmy hart and gary hart you think of those guys but but humperdinck's good he's he's yeah. good and, and, and awesome. I think terry uh, you're, you're right he is good and i think the reason why we put some of the others at the top is due to their longevity in a certain territory maybe where humperdinck moved around he had success everywhere he went he's very believable in his promo you know, yeah, uh, very centered and intelligent and believable. 
but I, you're right. He's not one of the ones at the top, but I think it's just because he wasn't in any one territory a long time like he had been some other, but he wasn't here very long. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, ju- I just um, move on to the next bit. We've got Humongous' fantastic music plan. I was just thinking about um, this promotion and wrestling in general. I think that the, the, bit, the times that you really remember from wrestling – uh, more so than ever. There can be periods which, you, you know, you enjoy it. But I think the, the best part is when you're invested in a certain wrestler or you've got a favourite or there's a couple of favourites in there. And I think that's why I'm really enjoying this this period of um, Mid-South again because I really like Julian Perez and I really like Humongous and I like Jake Roberts as well. So it's like there's four people that I'm looking forward to pretty much every single week, if not a few others, actually. Uh, Humongous, his music's just so good. And what speculated that this new tag team of him and the Barbarian could be bigger than the Road Warriors. And they were up against Jimmy Backlund and Ken Glover. Basically, the victims of the Z's were just mauled by these two. Look really good here. And the finish came in 108 with their slightly safer version of the Doomsday Device with um, the person taking it. I have to do a flip. Um, Terry, what did you think of, uh, of this short squash with Humongous and the Barbarian? It, it- it was good. It was good for what it, what it needed to be. Uh, you know, typically they would do two of these episodes in one day. Uh, mm. And, and, and I, I'm, bet, I'm betting Jimmy Backlund, after the beating he took in episode one, and <laughs> then he saw that now look who I got in the ring next. <laughs> he, he probably had to take a couple years off before he shows up later in Smoky Mountain. Definitely. Phil, what would you make of this? Oh, yep, same. I mean... They're just showing the dominance of uh, how 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 totally dominant that Humongous is. Yeah, it's 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 just such good stuff with him, and the and the music fits so well. Uh, and going from two of my favorites to another one of my favorite, Jake the Saint Roberts versus Paul Brown. Paul Brown next. Um, surprising, there was no promo from Jake here because he he's one of the ones that usually before a match has a promo. I thought obviously he's got a lot to say given that what happened last week. Um, but alas, not to be. And unfortunately, the video quality on YouTube uh, was not top-notch here during this one, but still just about watchable. Um, and Jake played to the crowd and smashed Brown with the DDT in, in under a minute for the one, two, three. DDT super over um, and just great use of the fully-fledged baby-faced Jake here. Uh, Phil, what did you think of um, of Jake's sort of presentation here? And, well, and I was thinking you're, promo expecting as well. to, you're expecting him to talk. I mean, after the beating, he, after the headshots he took last week, and he's not even taking a week off for concussion pro. No, yeah, um, yeah, he took quite a quite a few headshots last week with that loaded mass. I'm surprised mm. he's even upright. But uh, yeah, they wanted to. Although he got the crap beat out of him last week, they brought him back in against an opponent to show that uh, Jake is uh, still a very capable wrestler. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Terry. Yeah, the only thing I would do different, and I think this kind of what you uh, what you speaking of, Stephen, is is I, I would have Jake the Snake have some type of promo every week because yeah. he 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 was that good. Yeah, I agree. He was he was top, absolutely top notch. Um, have I ever spoken about? I think maybe I've spoken about it once before on the show, which which was the this Tuesday night in Texas pay per view, uh, which was like a funny one the WF did in 1990. When did they do it? 1991. End of 91. That's well worth a watch. The first sort of 25 minutes is all either Jake Roberts promo, Randy Savage promo, Jake Roberts and Randy Savage match. Spoiler alert, big angle, and then more Jake Roberts promo. So I would, I, and it's all right at the start of the show. I would, if you ever get half an hour, like I'm just going to watch some old wrestling. I cannot recommend for, for Randy was great as well, but for Jake, just pro, like 
playing a kind of cold-hearted killer sort of character at a diff completely different level i highly recommend that on wwe network if you get if you get a if you ever get a spare sort of half an hour for some wrestling um on the show up next el casaro versus pat rose but before they before that they recapped Casaro's attack on Eddie Gilbert the week before and what said he knew how devastating Casario was after their interaction in the Superdome and then said some controversial things about Puerto Rico and asked the people for forgiveness as it was very emotional and um, no martial arts demonstration this week which I'm devastated about and this was a pure squash with El Casario winning with a savup kick in at 115. Um, Phil what do you think about El Casario in general here um, and his kind of martial arts sort of gimmick and the way that he's been presented so far yeah they you know they were starting to build him up last week as a great martial artist um you know i was expecting to see to take on maybe a better opponent uh, mm. just a little bit disappointed in this match um it didn't really add anything to his character um bill watts is always pushing the, the racial card again uh so, uh, but yeah, just a little bit disappointed and, and I don't think he stayed around too very much longer himself no. in the Mid-South. Terry, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, don't just, uh, don't know what to think about him. Um, last week, I thought it was really good start for someone. And then, you know, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if, if it's the bland mask if it's the bland presentation uh he's been seeing his name on cards and i guess he must be disappearing really soon so i i don't need, i don't even have a backstory for him so i'm not i'd like to find out more of, of what went on behind the scenes with that yeah i guess I, i'm guessing he went to work because I, th I thought he maybe either family involvement or was some somehow involved in the puerto rico uh territory so um, yeah, so I probably should do some research on that, but um, that's not so that's something for another another day. Next up, Steve Williams versus AJ Styles' uncle Carl. Bill Watts was really putting over Steve Williams' achievements here ahead of his challenge for the North American title next week against Dick Murdoch. Watts also mentioned that DiBiossi would return to television in two weeks' time, and Williams won this with a stampede body slam in 153. Um, he looked good, apart from one moment where Styles was backdropped right onto his heels, which actually, thinking about it, may have been more on Styles. Um, Terry, what did you think of this short Williams-Styles match? And also, what do you think about Watts? Watts is very... I mean, I know that, uh, you know, Williams' background and Watts, etc., sort of, I guess, sort of maybe slightly sort of protege type, but they're very positive about Williams and they never really refer to him in a heelish sort of way, even though he's been a heel on this show for probably a year. So what do you, what do you think of this? Yeah, well, you know, just at the beginning of the match, man, you know, Williams looks like a killer. Mm. I mean, he's ripped, he's cut up, he looks like a killer. But but I know exactly what, you, what you're saying. It is odd. They, they never treat him like the evil baby face, yeah. you know. And I guess it's just, that's Watts' love for him. He just can't put himself to that point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Phil, what do you think of uh, of this match and also the way that kind of Williams is positioned on, on commentary? I'm just wondering if they weren't trying to separate him from some, from Sweet Tan here. Obviously, they, you know, got the belt. We, we reviewed their their matches with Sweet Tan in the previous podcast. Um, this was... Steve Williams doing what Steve Williams does best. But, you know, when he was with Sweet Tan, um, those matches didn't seem to go real well. Um, yeah. 
So maybe they're trying to redeem uh, uh, Steve here a little bit. He may, and, and I like him better in, in singles matches anyway. For for me, yeah, I I agree, I agree. Um, so next up, the Fantastics are in action up against the team of Jerry Gray and Larry Clark. And I've decided to time the Fantastics entrance this week. So from the opening bars of their theme tune, it took them one minute and 24 seconds to get into the ring after many ringside hugs. I did think about counting the hugs, but maybe that's something for a future show. And I thought for the first time, Watts did refer talk about this on air um, maybe a week or two ago, or two, two or three weeks ago, that there were definitely some boos from the gents in the crowd. Not overwhelming, but noticeable, I thought. Uh, and Watts talked about the fantastic spending time with their fans, and that was one of the reasons for their successes. Um, I actually thought that actually hugging people probably would decrease your chances of success in wrestling because of communicable diseases. You might get a cold, you might get the flu, all <laughs> sorts, you might, you know, all sorts of things. Stop hugging people and focus on championships. Um, the fantastic look good here, and Rogers won with a splash in 130. Uh, and Watts talked about Williams' challenge for the North American title. Um, and I've skipped too far forward there, actually. So let's let's jump back. Phil, what did you make of this fantastic match? That oh. was a little bit, six seconds longer than their entrance. Yeah, you now you make me want to go back and I'm going to watch some of the previous matches. I'm going to time time the entrances and then count how many hugs and how many kisses. Uh, yeah. And it's, but it's, it's controlled chaos here where they're keeping everybody behind the barriers, you know, they keep behind the barriers. Whereas, you know, you, it obviously in Rock and Roll Express sometimes kind of get mobbed. Uh, if you've been a WCCW fan, you would have seen the Von Erichs absolutely disappear in a crowd of people yes. and you're worried for their safety, you know, that kind of thing. So it's kind of controlled chaos here. Nobody's going to get injured, but uh, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe hold back on the kissing there a little bit, but uh, Fantastics are entertaining. Uh, you know, Tommy's shaking his booty, kissing his butt there, showing off uh, different things. They're just a very entertaining uh, team to watch. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Terry, what do you think of this, uh, this uh, Fantastics match here? Yeah, this wouldn't go over very well in, in the, uh, our COVID days uh, that, that we're experiencing yeah. now. So, so a totally tangent. You guys talked about the match. I'm going to. I have one. Of the, uh, I have a really cool T-shirt that features Mr. Jerry Gray, who's in this match right now. Uh, Jerry Gray became popular on another person's podcast. He's a great storyteller. He's been battling cancer, and he tells a great story about him, the Honky Tonk Man, and Jake the Snake Roberts. And so I have a T-shirt with Jerry Gray, the Honky Tonk Man, Jake the Snake Roberts, and a bottle of pee. I'll have to wow. tell you about the story later, but I'm sure some of you guys, wow. uh, some, some of our listeners will know about the story. But uh, I've, I've got a T-shirt with, with Jerry Gray, who we see wrestling right now. So Please send me the link to that podcast. I've, <laughs> I've, I'd love to hear that. Um, next up, Watts talks about the Williams Challenge for the North American title uh, next week. Jake Roberts will also be on the show. And Watts says that someone has to help Jake. And there is someone who he admires who may be able to help. A great athlete and someone that stands up for America. And Billy even added that it's someone that he has a soft spot for in his heart. And we got a replay of the Midnight Rider video from a couple of weeks ago. So we haven't spoken about this. So Phil, I, uh, what do you what do you make of this whole whole presentation? And and did you know? Can you remember when this first aired? Did you know who this was? Because I must be honest, I didn't. 
in the first promo, I didn't, I didn't know, and then by the second one, I had an inkling. Right. So, um, yes, and of course, uh, the Midnight Rider. And if people look back in history on wrestling, sometimes they think of it as being Dusty Rhodes, but Dusty Rhodes played that character later on. And, and a couple of years down the road. Oh, right. Okay. Because he, yeah. he, he okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here, uh, to me, it was when we first saw it, it was obvious. Uh, uh, the eyes to me, I could tell that it was Bill Watts. But this just in, let me tell you what who I just spoke with to right before we started the podcast. I had a conversation with Michael Watts, son of Bill Watts. Yeah. As you recall, we had Eric Watts on. Uh, yes. A few few episodes back and eric a great storyteller um told, had a lot of good memories and stuff well he's the one that clued me in one day in a, tele- uh, a telephone conversation that actually in this midnight rider video when 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 you see the midnight rider from behind and he has the mask off and there's a full thick head of hair well obviously that's not bill watts mm. someone else is playing that but when he's riding in the pickup truck with the mask over his face and his eyes look over that's bill watts okay? okay yeah now at the time we're, we're we're seeing and then there's a guy on the motorcycle so i texted michael watts just to confirm this so during this um and this was a very interesting video at the time at, at this time when we're watching this we had not seen some other unusual off off-site from like you know we hadn't seen kevin sullivan in the purple haze doing some type of um satanic meeting you know so we hadn't seen that kind of stuff yet so this is this is unique this is original but uh, in driving the pickup truck and riding in the helicopter those are bill watts but anyone else whether it's riding the, the harley or sitting in the grass uh, across the creek and and then um standing with behind shot that's all that's all michael watts that's 15 year old michael watts 15, is, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah, at that he was that size and that stature at that young age. Yeah, hopefully we'll get we'll get Michael on in, in the not not too distant future. And um, Terry, uh, what did you think of this? What do you th- what were your memories of this Midnight Rider thing? And, and what do you think of this video package? Yeah, you know, that was the first time of, of me seeing that uh, that video. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I'm thinking Midnight Rider, Dusty Roads too. Uh, yeah, I guess I was thinking, but I, I do remember Watts doing it as well. I, I'd forgotten who did it first or whatever. But but also I do remember Eric. I think when he was on the podcast with us, I think he mentioned that story about that being his brother uh, in in that video. That's, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Uh, that 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 would have been him. Yeah, incredible. Um, after this, Bill said that the Midnight Rider could turn up in any vehicle, an off-road vehicle or a helicopter. And some say he drives a BMW. I really laughed at that line. He said that Midnight, the Midnight Rider had been helping Duggan, but only when he needs it, and speculates that he could also possibly be coerced into helping Jake Roberts. And that is it, the September 14th, 1985 episode of Miss South Wrestling. I'll let the listeners in on a secret. I usually try and watch the whole episode in one sitting, but for various reasons, I had to watch this in about eight sittings. So that probably impacted my experience overall, but sadly, a, a, a bit sadly. But again, fun show, still things moving in the right direction. Uh, Terry, you, you far away first. What are your final thoughts on the September 14th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling? If, if I were watching this, and, and as we've alluded to before, they plug in the local uh, uh, interviews and this, that, and the other, 
and the Midnight Rider and Jake the Snake Roberts are about to tag up. I mean, I would have I would have gotten my tickets immediately. I mean, think, think about yeah. Oh, think about some of the matches that they could have had uh, at the at the local arena from these shows. I mean, great stuff. Good 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 episode, and and uh, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Phil, final thoughts on this September fourteenth, nineteen eighty-five episode of Mid South. Man, it's so good to see you know things picking up. That the, the excitement's returned after a few weeks lull. There, they've got some unique things going on. Mid South wrestling, obviously, on the cutting edge. And as I look back over our last, uh, you know, twenty thirty shows, who knew when you started this that we would have all these? Of course, every year there's untimely deaths or timely deaths. Who knew that so many Mid South uh, stars are going to be passing over these past, you know, yeah. a few weeks. It, it's almost surreal, but it is good to watch it and reminisce. And, I, and I've really enjoyed it and really appreciate the opportunity to hop in and do this with you guys. Yeah. It's always great to have you on and we will, uh, well, we feel, we don't know what we're doing in the next episode yet. So we'll, I won't, I won't promise something I can't deliver, but um, yeah, it's always great to have you guys on and, and for everyone listening, thank you for continued support. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to go back and watch this, this period of wrestling that I've never seen before. So and I'm really enjoying um, doing it and really thank you for, for your continued support. And I'm going to, I'm going to try and keep on to the end of the UWF. So you've heard well, it here first. Okay. So. Good stuff. I shall speak to you all again very, very soon. Yeah, this is Eric Watts. And for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast, please do me a favor. If you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports, Power Pro Wrestling, Universal Wrestling, go to universalwrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must-see.